Welcome to Movements Scientists. This is the podcast station that focuses on movements all over the world. And that we're listening to the song by Black or Six Lack and Khaled singing Seasons. And I like the song for the fact that it's a seasons. And we are always in a season. You know, even the movements, as we always say on this station, we always tell you that movements are spirits and they're wind. Because the, the, the other word for spirit is wind. And sometimes, if you're not aware, actually you should be aware about something that um, the sun heats the winds. And sometimes you can see hot winds and cold winds. Those are hot spirits and cold spirits. And those are hot movements and cold movements. So when the sun is very hot, it causes water vapor to rise and when it rises it forms clouds now why do are there very many hurricanes in america like we are in a hurricane season hurricanes are going to come to america in this in this time of scope i mean in this time of virgil why do they come on virgil and libra it's because of the heat that is so much and the sun is living. In fact, the reason why there is um, there are hurricanes is because the warm breeze causes rain. Always, warm breeze causes rain. You know, warm breeze causes rain and storms. 
and so because the sun has heated and i don't know why in climate change it's like that because naturally the sun in september is coming to africa and so when it's coming to africa it means the the west shouldn't be that hot but i think the violence of the sun leaving the west is now what causes the hurricanes to come up you know so movements are like that even social movements political movements they have their temperatures sometimes they are very hot and sometimes they grow cold and they grow cold when they face opposition from other movements like look at black lives matters black lives matter movement lives matter movement you know it has grown um cold because there are very few police i mean there are few police uh attacks on black people so there is seen there is no need to there is no need to protest because before the black lives movement existed the black movements that were there were the civil rights movement like the black caucus and and the other NAACP and Southern Poverty Law Center you know all of those ones and and the ADL so these are the movements these are those are protect black people but when the police started shooting black people what did they do the then you had the um that's when you had now what is called the black lives matter movement was created because of that specific event of police killing black people so you see then now when the police stopped killing black people the black lives matter movement now cooled down but it will rise anytime there is an attack on black people and that's what you need to understand about movements all over the world so today we're going to talk about singularitarianism that's the movement we want to talk about and because singularitarianism is a movement connected to the transhumanist movement the newest movement today one of the newest movements apart from the lgbtq movement and all of those uh which other movement is new of course we said black lives matter movement we know the hashtag movements this is a uh, black lives matter and all lives matter and um what's this called and even the me too movement that is also there you've noticed the me too movement has also gone down because the cases they were attacking uh people who had uh sexually assaulted women in the past so now because those cases are in the court there is no need for um any uh what do you call it any there's no need for any uh clamor so the the movement is now a cold wind so until another scandal or circles of scandals come up they will make noise they will just be quiet right now so that's what's happening so it's beautiful the more i, I understand and meditate on mid movements the more i'm happy because i realize that like spirits when you 
when you're light-spirited, you know, when you are heavy-hearted, you are heavy-spirited. When you are very light-spirited, you're very happy. You're excited. Life is fine. And so sometimes there are movements that they experience that joy. They experience joy. And some, some movements experience sorrow, you know. Like before the, um, before the, like when Martin Luther King Jr. died, guys felt like, oh my God, it's the end of our, our freedom, you know. We have lost our leader. And so that was a sorrowful time for the Black Lives Matter, I mean the Civil Rights Movement. Okay, so we're going to talk about Singularitarianism. And Singularitarianism, before we get to the, I'm trying to get the article um, so that I can, I can uh, read it out very well for you. But before we get there, let me just tell you what it's all about. It's about the whole world connecting technologically where devices will be one with human beings. And people need to know that that's what's happening right now. The transhumanist movement is the most revolutionary movement today. Over the new corporations, the new big empires on business are led by these tech companies that are what you call, they are, uh, what do you call, like Facebook and Twitter, they are transhuman corporations. They're beyond human operations. That's what transhuman corporations, that's what transhumanism is all about. It's enhanced humanity, you know, improved humanity. And people think it's eugenics. It's not eugenics. Everybody's being improved, you know. Everybody is part of the transhuman movement because everybody's part of Facebook. Everybody listens to radio. Many people listen to are on Twitter. Many people watch TV on YouTube. Many people listen to radio. Many people have TVs. So everyone who has these electronic devices is in the transhuman movement. So practically the whole world is transhuman. And there are very few people who are not in the transhuman movement. So, now, when you start the transhuman movement, now some people are not uh, very transhuman, meaning you may just have a phone, a mobile phone, and a TV, and a radio. That's enough for you. And then, but there are others who are so transhuman, they even have robots in their houses, they have, uh, they watch 3D, 4D TV, you know, in the house. And they have, so everybody is in their level when it comes to transhumanism. So some people, they wash clothes with um, machines and they don't need to use hand. You know, people are, are now relying on machines to do work and that's what's happening so uh, be aware that you are in that stage and uh, actually this time you have to be very very focused on 
of computer science and the, the new technologies that are there. So the transhuman movement is affecting every sector. Artificial intelligence, I was just reading an article today that lawyers are discussing how artificial intelligence is going to change the law. You know, yes. And I was discussing to myself, you know, that uh, what's going to happen, money can be chipped. You know, the chip system is not going to be only for for animals and humans and anything that moves, even if it be for stationary things, you know. So, like, if you sell things in the shop, they all have that chip. So, if they go missing, you are aware that somebody has stolen. Like, there was a supermarket where I live, and they had a problem. People were stealing before the stock was sold. And so, if they had the chip system, they would know where the thing is. Because even if you steal with a chip, you know where the thing is. You can track it. So, what's going to happen, very many shops are going to have, um, every item in a shop will be chipped. Everything. So that nobody can steal. And even if you steal, they will follow you because they will know where the thing has gone. They will be tracking you down. You know, so that's what's going to happen. Even money, money won't get lost because you can chip money right now. So this is what's happening in the world. Very Every sector in society is being transhumanized. And I know we are all part of that. Okay? So, singularitarianism is a movement defined by the belief that a technological singularity, the creation of super-intelligence, will likely happen in the medium future and that deliberate action ought to be taken to ensure that the singularity benefits humans. Yes, this is very important, that this creation of super-intelligence, where we'll be aware of even what is happening in the moon, do you know we are going to have devices that have earpieces that can tell you what's happening in the moon and you can hear the wind that's in the moon and you can hear the, the, the uh, you can feel the planetary atmosphere because of super intelligence. Now, singularitarians are distinct, distinguished from other futurists who speculate on a technological singularity by their belief that singularity is not only possible but desirable if guided prudently. Accordingly, they might sometimes dedicate their lives to acting in ways they believe will continue to its rapid yet safe realization. So, trans, I mean, singularities, singular, singularitarians are different from other futurists because they are pushing for singularity at the fastest speed. One of the great guys is Ray Kurzweil, and he believes that by 2029, we are going to be in the singularity, technological singularity, whereby the Internet of Things, we will be connected to devices. You know, we will be one, completely one, and people will be able to even search the Internet with their brain. It's going to be a time and a half. So they are rushing that. Time magazine describes the worldview of singularitarians by saying that even though it sounds like science fiction, it isn't. 
no more than a weather focused is science fiction. It's not a fringe idea. It's a serious hypothesis about the future of life on Earth. There is an intellectual gag reflex that kicks in anytime you try to swallow an idea, and that involves superintelligent immortal cyborgs. But while the singularity appears to be, on the face of it, preposterous, it is an idea that rewards sober, careful evaluation. So it is worth uh, thinking about. So the singularitarian, the term singularitarian was originally defined by extropian thinker Mark Plass, that's Mark Potts, his other name, in 1991, to mean who, one who believes the concept of singularity. The term has since been defined to mean singular, singular, singularity activist or friend of the singularity. That is one who acts to bring about the singularity. Singularitarianism can also be thought of as an orientation or an outlook that prefers the enhancement of human intelligence as a specific transhumanist goal instead of focusing on specific technologies such as AI. So these guys, they are focusing on human intelligence rather than artificial intelligence. But I have my understanding. Human intelligence is actually artificial intelligence. It's just more enhanced artificial intelligence because everything we've learned the languages we have are all artificial yes there is no language that fell from the sky okay <laughs> unless you're speaking in tongues maybe that one could be um, uh, a, a language that is not given to us by human beings it's just us speaking you know for those of you who know what speaking in tongues is all about but all the other languages the languages of men if you want to take it religious now if you go religious gear the languages of men were artificially created we are the ones who made the artificial languages so we are actually computers programmed in our ethnic languages and that's how we navigate our way through this world that's how we drive through this world we have a map called language and when we want to get something we we, we use that language when we can't get something and we need a language we get a translator and that's what happens so you, if you, and when you study computers, computer is a person because we are computers. We compute. To compute is to calculate and organize data. It is to be aware. Even that's why animals are also computers, only that they're not as efficient as us. Because who told a cow that it has to eat grass? It has an instruction in its brain that that's its food. Who told an ant to build an anthill. Have you ever seen them go to school and they're being told that your job is to build anthills? No. They are programmed to do that. So we are all computers in one way or another. We all have data. We all are computation. Your DNA is made up of data. You are data. Everyone is data. 
and you had data, diverse data. Anguinin and Anin, whatever, you know, the, I forget those names of the, the DNA strands, you know, the DNA acids that guanine, you know, one of them. And adenosine, I remembered it right now. And um, AGCTC. Those are the acids that make up human beings. And they are arranged. It's like a computer. It's unbelievable. I do not understand what computer science eats out of this world. It's completely madness. Because when you see the computer, it has open and closed, you know, one and zero. The binary computing, which has been already cancelled because now you have quantum computing whereby you even have one, 75% of an algorithm is one and 25% is zero. So you can't call it one or zero. It is 75% one and then, oh my God, it's madness. And when you look at the human body, it's exactly like that. The body, the acids are arranged in a quantum way. It's like someone was measuring. That's why if you look at our skin colors, we all are shades. Have you tried to play around with colors on, um, on any application and then you play with the numbers you see? They, they, there's a spectrum, there's a shade. Oh, it's glorious. So the human body is just like that. That's why you find some people are 5'10", 5'8", 5'7", 5'6". It's because that's quantum biology. And when you calculate the acids in that person, you will see that's what led to that person to be 5'6". It's glorious. So what am I trying to say? The computer is a face, is a human being. Yes, is, is a human being type of. The only thing it doesn't have, it doesn't have certain features of humans like, like um, hands. And that's now when they made a robot. A robot is also a computer that is trying to mimic a human being. So this is all part of the enhancement of human intelligence. And AI is artificial intelligence but enhanced in robots and not human beings but for the singularitarians they want to enhance us and that's wonderful i support them they are also definitions that identify as a singularitarian as an activist or friend of the concept of singularity that's why one who acts so to bring that is one who acts as to bring singularity singularity excuse me now some sources describe it as a moral philosophy that advocates deliberate action to bring about and steer the development of a super intelligence that will lead to a theoretical future point that emerges during a time of accelerated change so there are some people that believe that it is going to lead to super intelligence that will make many accelerated changes in the world. Inventor and futurist Ray Kurzweil, author of the 2005 book, The Singularity is Near, The Kingdom of God is Near, 
when humans transcend biology, defines a singularitarian as a someone who understands the singularity and who has reflected on its implications for his or her own life and will estimates the singularity will occur around 2045. Okay, that's a bit later. But he said, um, the last time I checked, he had said 2030, 2029. Okay, no problem. We'll, we'll be around. Yes, we'll be. You know, you got to be hopeful. <laughs> yes, you got to be positive about life, you know. In 1993, mathematician, computer scientist, and science fiction author, Werner Vines, hypothesized that the moment might come when technology will allow creation of entities with greater than human intelligence and use the term the singularity to describe this moment. And he suggested the singularity may pose an existential risk for humanity and this it could have happened through one or four means. Number one, the, the, the existential rate will be the development of computers that are awake and superhumanly intelligent. Remember I told you, humans are computers. And when we make computers, we make them like ourselves. So what may happen, these computers may wake up and superhuman, become superhumanly intelligent. Number two, large computer networks and their associated users may wake up as a superhumanly intelligent entity. And number three, computer human interfaces may become so intimate that users may reasonably be considered superhumanly intelligent. Biological science may find ways to improve upon the natural human intellect. Yeah, so when you go through these points, these are uh, the, these are the ways singularity will happen. So one way is the development of woke computers superhuman intelligent computers these are computers that can tell you where you are they can say oh i know that brand oh bob he's hiding in behind the bush i can see him he's about 50 meters away from where we are you see and you'll wonder how did you see that if you have a robot called dinga <laughs> how do you see that dinga and dinga says i know it all you know, so this is the development of computers that are awake and superhuman intelligent. Then the other way the singularity may come is through computer networks that also woke, you know, woke computer networks and superhuman intelligent. So what's going to happen is you'll have networks that will come to life. You know, I was thinking about companies today and I was saying to myself, you know, Apple is a person it's a human being it's a person okay in 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 law they are called artificial entities artificial persons and so what does that mean they can in fact this is a case of citizens united um that was discussing election the the sponsoring by or the lobbying with corporations and the judge decided that corporations can fund, they can be a part of, a, they can fund a candidate because they are persons, they are artificial persons. 
And so some people found that unfair because a corporation can give money to anybody and some corporations are richer than a whole country. You know, like Apple is a trillionaire. There is no trillionaire in America other than Apple. And I think Microsoft has joined or Amazon, one of the two. They are trillionaires. So you see, already we have a person that's a trillionaire. And that's what Apple is. It's an artificial person that makes a lot of money. And so, um, what was I trying to say? So, networks can also be personified. You know, they can also acquire a personality and do great things. So, that's what they say. And number three, computer-human interfaces may also become so intimate that users may reasonably be considered superhumanly intelligent. So, that's another way singularity will come through interfaces. And lastly, singularity may come through biological science improving natural human intellect. Now, of course, we have ways how to make human beings clever, like eating of fish. You know, fish is very good because it builds, it has omega-3, and that's very good material for the brain. You know, your brain is physical matter, so if you want to have a healthy brain, you've got to eat food that builds your brain. It's as simple as that. And if I were you, and I'm going to do this on my own, I'm going to read the chemicals in omega-3. And so that if you don't get fish, get something that is close to omega-3 oil that has the chemicals that make your brain um, elastic, you know, your brain needs a lot of elasticity because when you put a lot of information in your head and it's not elastic, you can have a nervous breakdown because there's too much data in your brain. It's like a computer. It's like a phone. Have you seen a phone that has so much data? It freezes a lot. It has problems. It's just, it's so full. So there's no elasticity in the brain of a phone. And that is also the same to human beings. So what do you do? You eat food that makes your brain elastic. And omega-3 is one of them. And then you are able to read and understand. So that's what you need to understand about um, the biological science is going to improve natural human intellect. And they've forgotten to add what Elon Musk is doing. He wants to put chips in the brain. You could put the whole physics in your head. <laughs> okay, let's continue. Singularitarianism collapsed into a coherent ideology in 2000 when AI researcher Eliezer Yudkowsky wrote the singularitarian principles in which he stated that a singularitarian believes that this the singularity is a secular, non-mystical event which is possible and beneficial to the world and is worked towards by its adherents. Okay, for him, he's, he doesn't believe in mysticism. He's really avoiding religion and calling it an... He's, he's, he's very scientific about it. I don't tend to be... I am scientific, but I'm also mystical. I believe that science 
is part of the cosmos and therefore is it is part of cosmic cosmic interruption occurs even in the science world because science scientific events and matter which is the subject of science exists within the cosmos so it is beyond it cannot defeat the cosmos it cannot defeat the mist that's mystical powers you know so i believe the singularity is a mystical event in the sense that it is happening in the cosmos it's happening in the darkness you know mystical comes from the word um mist you know i get misty remember ella fitzgerald famous song mist mysticism is airy it's weird it's darkness mystery is darkness you know mysterion is occultic it's darkness it's a secret and the world the cosmos is in darkness you know we've been telling people this for i don't know how many days you know so many days right now we've been telling people that the world lives in darkness the real nature of the universe is darkness complete darkness and the stars are the only things that light up the sky and our lights electricity so without the stars without the sun without without the sun especially we are in darkness forever okay forever and that's what i mean that is part of singularity has to be part of that that mysticism that mystery of darkness it has to be part of that so i don't think i don't know what he was trying to say you know anyway that's his view but for me every event in the world is mystical that's my position i believe in in uh, what is called cosmic singularity that everything in the world is spiritual and material at the same time everything there are things happening in my body they are happening for a spiritual and a material reason they can't leave each other like a light, like a shadow and an object in light they are together and so that's my understanding of the world everything is mystical even whatever you do there's a mystic air much as there's a scientific therefore material air is wonderful okay so yudukowsky conceptualization of singularity offered a broad definition to to be inclusive of various interpretations there are theories such as michael anisimov who argued for a strict definition one that refers only to the advocacy of the development of post-human that's greater than human intelligence so where we are right now is what is called the post-human age whereby we are now having intelligence greater than human intelligence you know that's scary because now you do not need a human being to think for you okay all you need is a computer in june 2000 yudukowsky with the support of internet entrepreneurs brian atkins and sabine atkins 
founded the Machine Intelligence Research Institute to work towards the creation of the self-improving friendly AI. Miri's writings argue for the idea that an AI with the ability to improve upon its own design, seed AI, would rapidly lead to superintelligence. These singularitarians believe that reaching the singularity safe, swiftly and safely is the best possible way to maximize net existential risk. Many people believe a technological singularity is possible without adopting singularitarianism as a moral philosophy. Although the exact numbers are hard to quantify, singularitarianism is a small movement which includes transhumanist philosopher Nick Bostrom, inventor and futurist Carswell, and only. What then is a singularity? It's a future period during which the pace of technological change will be so rapid, its impact so deep, that human life will be irreversibly transformed. Although neither utopian or dystopian, this epoch will transform the concepts we really we rely on to give meaning to our lives from our businesses, models, to the cycle of human life, including death itself. Understanding the singularity will alter our perspective on the significance of our past and the ramifications for our future. To truly understand it inherently changes one's view of life in general and one's particular life. I regard someone who understands the singularity and who has reflected on its implications for his or her own life as a singularitarian. So basically, it is the uh, transformation caused by rapid technological change. Deep change. Deep, not, not just wide. Deep and wide change and that's what's going to happen and if you're already in the singularitarianism congratulations you're going deeper and deeper in the science of your life your life is science it's material at the same time it's spiritual it's mind-boggling my god i know you know where some people are transhumanists already as i've told you there's a spectrum of transhumanism some people are are radical transhumanists. They are gone. You know, they're crazy. They don't even know what they're saying. <laughs> and others are moderate transhumanists. And others are... Ma majority of the world are are what you call um, nominal transhumans. They use transhuman technology, but that's where it stops. They don't even want to know how it works. And is there... Is, the normal human nature, all movements are flooded with nominal members, okay? Even churches, even even uh, philosophical movements. There are people who just listen to you because, ah, this guy sounds okay. You know, he knows what he's saying. And they stop there. They don't want to know whether he's right or wrong. They give him a vote, you know? Even in the parties, Republican, Democrats, Socialists, Communists, Capitalists, they're guys who... They just, they like the system, but they can't explain what it is. Then you have the moderates who can, um, they can explain a bit of it and they, they, they live a life that is very transhuman or transhuman, but not so extra, uh, extravagant or radical. Then you have the radical transhumanists. These are the ones who are so imaginative. They are so crazy. They have wild ideas and uh, 
they are part of that. So forever, every movement has them. Like look at Islam. Not all Muslims are bombers. Reason? Very few people are fundamentalists. Very few people are radical in every movement. You have very few people who are radical. And then majority, the middle class of a movement is the moderates. So in Islam, you find majority of Muslims are moderate. They may have a, like, they may understand what's happening in terrorism, but they are not terrorists, okay? They will tell you, well, you know, these radicals, they behave like that because they believe that other religions are their enemies and they have to kill them. But for us, we know, as moderate will say, well, we know we don't agree with all religions, However, we understand that we can live together despite those differences. We don't have to kill each other. So that's a moderate. And then you have a nominal Muslim doesn't even care what the Quran says. He's just a Muslim because he was born a Muslim. He can even drink. He can do. He can even take pork. You know, he doesn't care. <laughs> okay, so those are nominal. And they are also very, they're not so many. But they, they, they surpass the radicals. Okay? Good. Now, with the support of NASA, remember, NASA is a transhuman corporation. Google, also a transhuman corporation. Yes, all of this technological, any corporation that is on electricity and electronic devices, they are transhuman. Because they in enhanced human intelligence and human technology. We are now improved. Can you imagine human beings can go to the moon? Not even Jesus said he has been to the moon. <laughs> can you imagine? The guys have gone to the moon. So you can see how great they are. Those are transhuman events. And Google is a transhuman corporation. And abroad, with the support of NASA, Google, and a broad range of technology forecasters and techno-capitalists. Are you seeing the new terms? Now we have technology forecasters and techno-capitalists. My God, I have a job. I'm going to be a technology forecaster. The Singularity University opened in June 2009 where NASA Research Park in Silicon Valley. Don't say I didn't tell you they are not transhuman. They are transhuman. Okay? With the goal of preparing the next generation of leaders to address the challenges of accelerating change. Yes, it's very challenging because you see what I'm telling you and why it's very good for you to know transhumanism is because the changes will be so fast, they can even control entire star systems and, and play around with stars. They can even control people with the technology they can cause anything it's dangerous what's going to happen with transhumanism it's beyond understanding well it can be understood because if you know science you will you really understand transhumanists it's 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 scary so they have to prepare leaders for this you know i was laughing at an article that was saying there's an mp who doesn't know who uh a trans woman is, you know, <laughs> a, an MP is a member of parliament. And I was like, oh my God, that's scary. Because now how will you go and tell them 
transgenders exist, gays exist. They don't even know these things. And that's dangerous because they can be conned by a transgender. You're joking. He goes to the bar and then meets a woman and then says, wow, you look hot. Let's get ready. And then get ready. And then he finds a guy has a, has a penis has a penis and he wants to collapse and says, but I thought you wanted me. You see? <laughs> so they're supposed to be aware. And that's the same with transhumanism. You are supposed to be aware so that when it comes, you are not caught dumbfounded. Every movement has the knowledgeable ones and the ignorant ones. And the systems of this world are like that. Okay, Association of Advancement of Artificial Intelligence is discussing the robots and computers. They discuss the possibility and the extent to which computers and robots might be able to acquire any level of autonomy and to which degree they would use their abilities to possibly pose any threat or hazard, like a cybernetic revolt. Yes, these computers can, if they are programmed, and much as they are saying the self-robots will program this cyber, the cybernetic revolt, I believe even we can program them to go to war and fight one another. You know, every country will have their trans, I mean, their robot army. And then you find a very vogue country goes and wires their robots to come and wage war in your country. You're joking. Countries that have few people are laughing right now because they're going to have robots to fight for them. <laughs> and they can beat up and conquer a country that has no robotic force. What are you going to do? It's going, I'm telling you, the world, much as we are progressing, I always tell people progress is a double-edged sword. Good and bad and the neutral progress together. Okay? So be prepared for hard times that will be very beautiful times. Like these days you hear me laughing. Yet it doesn't mean I don't have challenges. That's what's happening. And that's how the revolution, the, the transhuman situation we are in is going to be like that. There will be great times of joy and sadness at the same time. You know, I always explain to people that the world, have you noticed something about the world? It is dark and day. It is night and day at the same time. Whichever country you're in, right now where I am in this part of the world, it is dark. It's nighttime. In America, it is daytime. Okay? That's what I'm saying. The same planet experiencing two different time epochs. Madness. There is no planet in the world that has no shadow. You know, it does not have darkness and light at the same time. There is none. Have you thought of that? <laughs> it's the biggest madness in light science, you know. So, we're going to uh, explore that. So, what was I trying to say? That there is no positive and negative effects and consequences are always there for anything. Anything, even transhumanism is not perfect. It's not heaven that has come down. It still has errors. And the next movement will have errors and helps. Okay, 
They warned that some computer virus can invade elimination and have achieved cockroach intelligence. This means computer viruses that can't be destroyed when they have cockroach intelligence. All right, so. So people are a bit scared uh, of it. And they are saying, let's face it, the singularity is a religious rather than a scientific vision. The science fiction writer Ken McLeod said it's the rapture for nerds, an allusion to the end time when Jesus whisks the faithful to heaven and leaves us sinners behind. Yes, that could be a good um, allusion because the, the guys who are aware, they're having their own rapture. You know, they're like, oh my God, it's like Nirvana. Have you, if you study Nirvana in Buddhism, it is when you've reached the peak of enlightenment and you're like, wow, I now know it all. I now can see the world. That's Nirvana. It's mind-boggling. And so the rapture is just the same as Nirvana. And so those who are aware of what's happening they will be in their rapture. So this guy, that's his view of transhumanism and singularitarianism. For him, his feeling, engineers and scientists should focus on the problems of the world, like environmental degradation, famine, poverty, climate change, resource depletion and AIDS, rather than focus on escapist pseudoscientific fantasies like the singularity. Well, I would tend to disagree with this guy because the singularitarianism is all about creating a world that is technologically advanced and when you do that you will be able to eliminate these problems the irony of technology it creates more problems <laughs> Yes, that's the irony of technology. It creates more problems because you're actually creating more robots, which are people. Okay? So you're creating more people to cause either solve solutions or cause more problems. Like, a robot will take over the jobs of humans. That's causing a problem much as is a solution because now the unemployment will go up, but the company will make money, and then the society will be unequal. And so Oxfam has more work to do, you know. They have more, their data is going to increase and there'll be more inequality and there'll be more problems. So that's what this guy is thinking, that they should focus on fixing those problems. But it's beyond health. I'm sorry. You know, once you know something, that's it. It's known. Deal with it and live with it. Okay? Good. And Carswell has said, he has rejected that guy and said that his results, his predictions are driven by the data that increases in computational technology have been exponential in the past. He also stressed that the critics who challenge his view mistakenly take an intuitive linear view of technological advancement. I like what he has said, intuitive linear view, meaning they look at the world in a straight line. And that's not how you're supposed to see the world. You are supposed to see the world in a cosm. You're supposed to have a cosmic worldview. Yes, 
360 multidimensional world view of the world, not linear. They're looking at one line that, oh my God, there's accident coming. I mean, you can get out of the car. That's a multidimensional action. When the car is losing direction and is going straight to the cliff, come out and let the car go down. So that's what he's saying that have a multi-dimensional view of the world rather than a linear view. That because I'm in the car, I can't come out. Because if I come out, I may die. Let's just go down with the car, down the cliff. No, you can come out of the car and let the car fall over, roll over. <laughs> so anyway, that's singularitarianism. Um, I, agree, I agree with the Caswell. There's really nothing wrong about um, singularitarianism. It is technology is going to save a lot of things. You know, I've been thinking about it. Even in architecture, we have, um, I, I look at architecture and I've realized there's coming a time. Have you noticed modern architecture doesn't use stones? They're using hard fiberglass, very hard, you know, and that's nice. It's very easy to build. I mean, we're going to build six kilometer buildings with high fiberglasses, you know, very hard fiberglasses that will be the walls. Can you imagine living six kilometers above the earth? You won't even see land. You'll just be seeing clouds. You'll see lightning. You'll see rain and all of those things. And then we can have aeroplane, I mean, airports in those six kilometer skyscrapers again also put on a very hard fiberglass field in the sky and then we can go to other planets very soon we've already created the airbus carrying over 200 people 500 people and very soon these airbuses are going to leave the planet and people will stay outside in earth okay <laughs> so we thank you so much for joining. So there's so much to write. I'm going to write down all my transhumanist imaginations, every, all of them, and we wait and see if one of them is going to come to pass. Okay, guys, we got to go. Thank you so much for joining us. We will leave you with a song by, let's see who we're going to put, Love and Troy Sivan. I'm so tired. Songs, tired of love songs, tired of love songs, tired of love. Just wanna go home, wanna go home, wanna go home. Oh, oh. So tired of love songs, tired of love songs, tired, tired of love. Just wanna go home, wanna go home, wanna go home. Oh, oh. Party, trying my best to meet somebody. Everybody around me's falling. In love to our song, I, I, oh, I, yeah, hate it. Taking the shot cause I can't take it. But I don't think that they make anything that strong. 
So I hope.